Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from the main plaza right outside Vivint Smart Home Arena as it's Salt Lake City Summer League time. Make sure to come down and catch some great basketball tonight. Uh, joining us now, he makes the magic happen in KSL. He covers the jazz and uh, every once in a while some golf. Well, maybe once. <laughs> once. Emphasis once. on the once there. Uh, he's our friend Ryan Miller. What's up, Ryan? Thanks for uh, coming over, man. We appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. Right on my way into the arena. It worked out quite well. I know we are literally right in between your office and the uh, and where you have to go to yes, uh, do your job. Worked, so that worked out all right. It worked out great. Fantastic. So, so if it had been any more inconvenient, there's no way we would have stopped by. Exactly. He'd be on the yeah. phone right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Ryan, will you help us uh, finish our discussion that we were having before you came on? Do you list the Jazz among the top three teams in the West? And uh, who are the other teams, and what do you make of the East based on what you know so far? Well, it's, I, I would say right now what we know now, of course, you've got to put them there. Um, obviously, the Kawhi Leonard chip still needs to fall. Uh, if he goes to the Lakers, yeah, I know they're going to have like 10 minimum salary guys, <laughs> but three top five, if not, or top 10 at least, maybe top five players in the whole league, like, they're going to be a threat. But if you're going top three, I think you have to put the Jazz there for sure because just they have so many options now. It's it's kind of crazy to even say that because I think you're we've been so used to calling this team a perennial playoff contender or a perennial all this, this, this. No one ever wanted to say, yeah, they're good enough to go to the finals. I think we can finally say that. I, what What's interesting is and you cover all these games and we're at and watching all these games and you could pick out what the Jazz needed, right? Yeah. I mean, the the shooting, the scoring, we talked about it on sports radio ad nauseum. <laughs> You've written about it a ton, I'm sure. And and look what they do. They went out and they, they got Quinn Snyder as point guard who can also shoot the ball uh, via trade, obviously, with Conley. And then they go get Bojan, who, who really just fits a need so nicely. I mean, you could just see the pieces come into place, and that's why I think your, your take on it's right on the money. Yeah, and it's it's it'll be fun to watch because I think we're so used to seeing a Jazz team that's just this def- defensive juggernaut and and hopefully make it work on the offensive side. We'll get some open shots. Maybe Ricky Rubio will hit a couple tonight and yep. they'll end up winning. And I think it's going to be almost opposite. Obviously, their defense is going to be just is going to be good. I don't think it'll be just as good. Um, but with Rudy Gobert, you're going to be top five regardless of who else is on the court. And their offense legitimately can be a top offense in the league now. And Quinn Snyder, I've always felt, is more of an offensive coach anyway. Mm-hmm. We just, he just has never had the personnel to showcase so that. So he talks defense instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like, you look what he does in the pick and roll, the dribble handoffs. Like, he, he he's kind of does everything he can to make, this te- to make the team he's had work. And he's just never had the weapons to be able to kind of unleash all of what he can do. And I think we'll see some kind of some fun things with him this year. So in your study of Bogdanovich, what, what do you uh, what's your evaluation here? with Like him? I th- what he can do. I love what he can do on the pick and roll. And that's what I really I think is intriguing with him with the jazz because they now have four guys that could be on the court with Rudy Gobert that all are really good in the pick and roll. And that uh, but also like. He became Indiana's number one option last year. He's going to be, at best, number three on the Jazz. And so I don't know if he's going to be asked to do that much, but if he can just stand in the corner and hit a dang three-pointer, 
that'll be enough. Fifty-two percent, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. getting into something you were talking about, I, I think you're right on the money about Quinn Snyder manufacturing offense. We've been watching that, and and how basically the the system. There's hardly any room for error. The system works and and makes guys better. Now you can combine that, but not have to rely on that. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and I think that that's what makes it fun this year. It's like I, I think there's a reason why everyone got really really excited about this move um even people that may not have heard of bohan before yesterday like but like there's a lot of reasons to be like hey this team is kind of set up to be a quinn snyder team and i i for one am excited to see what he can what quinn snyder can do on the offensive end because we just have never seen a jazz team with him with this kind of offensive personnel what's the uh uh, uh, what do you make of Ed Davis and his ability to uh, contribute? Well, I, you look at the rebound numbers, like 8.7 in 17 minutes. Or something, it's amazing, yeah. Something crazy like that. So he's going to fill the, the role. Because the one thing with this this new uh, high-flying offense I think we'll see is that rebounding might be an issue. And he's going to he's gonna be able to come in and actually fill that. Um, obviously, you're missing Derek Favors' size. He'll be able to fill in there. And we've seen Rudy Gobert go down, and I think he can be a nice placeholder there if that knock on wood happens. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he can come in and fulfill a lot of the things you saw Derek Favors do, uh, but a little less money. <laughs> yeah, right. How much, uh, how much has the dynamic changed in the front office? I, I know you talk to a lot of uh, jazz folks while you do your work, and Justin Zanuck got a little bit of a louder voice with his promotion, yeah. and Dennis Lindsay promoted it as well. Has that had an impact on what we saw play out yesterday and with the, with the Conley deal as well? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. The, like, I've always felt that they've been doing this as a unit to begin with, so I think there's probably more voices, but I think the voices have always been there, right. and now... It's just that someone's becoming more of the mouthpiece of the organization. So I think Justin Zanuck is now more of the mouthpiece for us, for the fans. But I don't know if the, really the decision-making changed too much. But well, we'll, we'll, maybe, maybe, I'll talk to someone probably tonight that will tell me otherwise. I hear voices all the time. Don't you, Jake? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm hearing some right now, in fact. <laughs> so it'll see. what that, That's the thing with this, Ryan. You've been watching this this build i wrote about it today but dennis Lindsay comes in he says not going to skip steps right yeah seems to take his time the jazz made some missteps along the way as far as the draft goes and some, but they got gobert and they got dennis and they got uh, donovan mitchell and those two are foundation and it seemed like last year people were waiting for more and and dennis was taking his time and then at the trade deadline, nothing really substantial. But, man, and we were complaining. I was telling him, be more <laughs> aggressive. And he was looking at me like, shut up. And then, boom, this happens now. It seems as though that patience has now paid off. And I would be really surprised if the Jazz not only are good on paper, but they're going to be good on the floor. Too. I think they, they kind of circled this summer, along with a lot of other teams. You kind of saw what the Warriors were, this juggernaut, this dynasty that kind of lorded over the rest of the league for the last three years. And it was like, look. That can't be sustainable, and I think they found 2019, we can make a move. There's a window there. 
if everything goes to plan. And I think that plan was with Gordon Hayward and with a lot of other people. But Donovan Mitchell came up and it, it kind of accelerated everything. It's like, hey, we have the opportunity right now. If we make a couple moves, we, we can be a win-now team. And they were able to pull it off, and it, which is crazy because even like – when was the last time a significant free agent actually came to Utah? Like, we were trying to t- we were talking about it last or yesterday at the summer league practice. It's like you can kind of maybe say Joe Johnson, but like before that, it's like this. Car- was, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos like this is probably if not the best, like if the best, at least the second best free agent signing the Jazz have had in two decades. So. Yeah, it, it's it's a big deal. The the fact that they were able to convince him to come, and I think that was the sales pitch: is we can win a title next season if you come to Utah. All right, so cap space is gone. Cap space is gone. Cap space is is used, and so now uh, basically they can sign minimum uh, veteran free agents, or <laughs> they can you know uh, develop from within. I mean, how do you expect them to fill out the roster? How much of this summer league that we're going to see tonight will we see on the final roster? You know, that's actually kind of what makes this summer league a little more interesting than maybe it could have been. Right. I totally like, agree. Because, like, usually you don't have a first-round pick. A summer league is not intriguing at all. But these three guys, they invested in. I think they, in, in total, spent $3 million to acquire these guys. So they have they have at least interest in them. And, yeah, you have to fill out a roster. I think they have ten players now. They got got to get to at least thirteen. Yep. So, yeah, and there, there's guys there. There's a lot of skill sets on these three that are actually really intriguing. And yeah, there, there's a possibility. But also, they could fill out minimum deals. Uh, you look at like a Jonas Jerebko was on a minimum deal. Mm-hmm. Derek Rose was on a minimum deal last year. Like, there's guys you can find, and especially if you are a contender. People, the the veterans that may be on the uh, downslope of their career will probably want to come over. So to ask that question a little different way, is that the reason the Jazz purchased those extra picks? I, that is what I've been informed of. Is they're looking yeah. like they might they don't expect all three to to hit. Obviously, that would be insane. But they're hoping at least one might be able to contribute next season. Two would be unbelievable. Yeah. One is is probably why they did. Yeah, it. three so like one for three million, one to find a player. It's in this day and age, probably not that hard of a sacrifice for an NBA team. Ah, three million. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? Some uh, <laughs> change. Yeah, nothing. Uh, well, let's talk about the rest of the NBA. Uh, was there a, a deal that was most intriguing in your mind yesterday? Maybe not the biggest, maybe not the smallest, but but the most interesting to the, you? The D'Angelo Russell sign and trade got, caught me off guard for a few reasons. One, I don't know why the Warriors decided to hard cap themselves to, right. to max out a third guard, but... So that almost makes me think they're going to. I have no no sources on this at all, but it makes me think they're going to trade him eventually. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a couple of places. Yeah, so today. it's like mm-hmm. like the only thing that makes sense to me. But it was so like, what was that? Grab an asset while it's available. I, yeah, and then but utilize it to your benefits. But somewhere? like, what is it? Like, but it almost killed your team this year. <laughs> like, because yep. they can't resign their own guys. They they have a hard cap now, and so. Like, they are, like, you look at their roster, it's like, yeah, they're top four with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, really good. And then it's... whole lot of nothing. Who, um, no one's ever heard of these guys. Yep. And so, like, so, yeah, I, I, I think they might, without that deal, might have been able to bring a little bit more back and with how wide open the league is, probably make another run at it. But it's kind of hard for me to see that, especially how depending on how long Klay Thompson is out. And so that one intrigued me just because the Warriors usually are pretty smart about these things, and that just didn't seem like the best move in my mind. But there's a reason I'm sitting here and not running an NBA franchise. What about the Nets? 
Whew. It could be fun in a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's hard for me to get too excited about the Nets just because of that the dark cloud looming over him. Like, I, I hope Kevin Durant comes back fully healthy. The league is so much better when he's one of the top players in it. But, like, yeah, until then, it's Kyrie Irving's team and... I don't think he's really shown that he can lead a franchise. So, Do you think Kawhi ends up with the Lakers, or do you think that is a crapshoot? Gosh, I hope not. Oh, I just yeah. I just think, it, like, if he goes back to Toronto, it just it makes this league so fun. Like, I think there's legitimately 10 to 15 teams that could convince themselves they have a shot this season. And I don't think we've ever seen something like that. But if he goes to the Lakers, it's like, well... It's the Lakers again. But that being said, I think the, the league is a little more fun when the Lakers are good. So, But maybe not. I, I mean, we're just getting <laughs> through the Golden State dynasty where the no, title I, was guaranteed, I, I agree, you no, know. But I don't think the Lakers would be as bad as that just because, yeah. as we talked about, they're, they're going to have so many minimum players that right. there's a reason they're minimum players. And so, like, one of those guys kind of goes down and they are done. But Who, who do you guys think are the big, is the biggest loser? Oh, the Knicks. So far, yeah. The Knicks not getting well, I mean, anybody. Yeah, but you know what they're talking about? They're, t- they're signing gritty grinder players. No, no they're know? talking about, look, these are only one-year deals, and so <laughs> next year we can be back. <laughs> like, like, how depressing is that? Is your only hope as a fan is next season's free agency is one of the things will turn around. Like... Man, they got to they got to start changing things up in New York. Just, you know, a lot of people have said that Charlotte is a big loser. I I disagree because maxing wow. out maxing out oh. Kemba Walker would have been a big mistake, and now they have to kind of force themselves into admitting that it didn't work, and they got to try something else. And I think that's what you almost find the super max sometimes is a bad thing. Yes, because it's like a great idea in theory, but it's like when you. There's maybe, I think, five players in the whole league that are worthy of the Supermax, five, six, seven, wherever you want to go on that. But Kemba Walker is not in that mix. Nope, not and even so, close. so, like, it's either you pay him and cripple your entire franchise or you lose him. And so I, th- I think they definitely made the right move. Uh, they weren't going anywhere with him. They're, now they can actually start a new rebuild, and hopefully it works out this time. So do you think Dame is a Supermax-worthy guy? Who? <laughs> He's right on the edge. I'd probably like it'd be hard to be to say he's not. So just what he's been able to do with that team. Uh, but I read somewhere that including what's left on his contract, that's like two hundred and fifty-seven million. Gosh, for him. Good to be Dame. It sure good is. Good to be Weber State. They yep. have to be like planning out a new athletic facility <laughs> right now, right? Like, like some Dame, like throw the, the Lillard Athletic <laughs> Complex. Yeah, like you like, know that's got to be two hundred million. That's like, a nice ring to it. it does. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a yeah, so I'm pretty sure they're happy. I covered Southern Utah. They were just always hoping that one of their, like, three NFL guys got to the second contract for that reason. It doesn't look like that's happening, though. Yeah. So go get him, Weber. Go, go get your <laughs> athletic facility. <laughs> he is Ryan Miller. He's uh, from KSL here with us on uh, the main plaza outside Vivint Smart Home Arena on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The one, uh, and I brought this up with Gordon earlier, the one I absolutely do not get is Philadelphia and Al Horford. That made no sense to me. I actually look at it kind of like what Pascal Siakam was to Toronto. Mm. Same position, 
but worked out really well. And I think they're different enough players. Like, Horford can stretch the floor that I think it will work out. And he might give a more of a calming voice to Philadelphia. Which That's a good point. Might be the reason they weren't in the finals this season. But <laughs> so. do, you, do you bump Tobias to, a win, to the yeah, wing? What do you do with yeah, that? Yeah, like, just go super huge, I guess. I don't know. And I, yeah, you, you that can, team's like, huge. Team in the league. Like, a huge team. You know, I'm all for, like, it was, it's kind of the opposite of what everyone was doing. Like, let's go super small, maybe. Like, because it's not like, like the Jazz, when they went big with, like, Rudy and Derek, it was spacing issues, and we have all right. this stuff that doesn't work out because of it. I don't think you have any of that with the Sixers if they decide to go to that huge lineup because all of them can shoot the three, at least a little. Except um, their point guard. Except for oh, Interesting. Maybe that's why they did it. They're yeah, like, maybe. Like, Got to create spacing maybe, somehow. Yeah, maybe Ben Simmons just becomes their quasi-center in that lineup, yeah. and offensively at least. And, Ryan, yeah. Ryan, what do you think of uh, Derek Favors heading to New Orleans? I love it. I think that's a great situation for him and Derek is one of those guys that I think you talk to any media member on the jazz <laughs> as one of them comes over by us. What's up, Eric? Uh, Eric Woodyard, everybody uh, on the Des News. Throw that headset on. No, so so Derek is one of those guys that every media member on like of the Jazz will will say the same thing. He's he was so good to work with. Yep. Um, one time I was just I was talking to another beat writer in the locker room in like kind of close to him talking about my grandma just gotten put into the hospital and how she loved every game and was texting me about it right there and he's like hey want me to do a video for her just <laughs> off a whim so yeah i took a video of That's my, awesome. derek favors saying keep fighting grandma have like we're, we're like thanks for the support and it was like it's one of those things that was like thanks derek like you didn't need to do that and it wasn't ever asked he just it's that he's that kind of person and so yeah he'll be missed around here just be, offensive defense i think he was super underrated around the league but just as a human being i think it's it's gonna hurt us eric woodyard is with us from the desert <laughs> news up, thanks up, for Eric? jumping on i just can't mess with ryan that's why <laughs> feel free anytime hey why we've got you what'd you think about yesterday Oh, man, it was crazy. I ain't go to bed until probably about, like, 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but like Ryan said, you get yeah, a lot of your work done in oh, yeah, one yeah, day, sure. right? Yeah, we're done, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool, though. I was, um, uh, some, some, I wouldn't say, I, I was kind of surprised by the Bogdanovich, you know, trade. I was looking at it, reports a little bit, but, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it. But uh, overall, I was just happy to see all the moves made. And I think, uh, you know, if they ever stay healthy, I, I see a, possibly a, a championship contender. You'd like to fit then? Yeah, I do. I think it fits in well. Not only just the, the squad, I think personality-wise they'll fit, but once again, they got to do it on the court. Man. You know, uh, it sounds good on paper, but they got to put it together. So. What do you think, Eric, of uh, what Quinn Snyder can get out of these guys? Obviously, Mike Conley, proven talent and whatnot, but you bring a guy like that in with Bogdanovich now uh, who's been getting better as the years have gone by. You think Quinn's going to get even more out of him? I, I think so, man. I think, uh, and you're also dealing with guys that are, I feel like, rejuvenated in a sense, too. These guys all want to prove something. You know, they're, they're, they've all been in teams that's winning, but now they see an opportunity they, where they can really get a championship. So I think you'll see uh, even more rejuvenated Mike Conley, a rejuvenated Bogdanovich. You know, I think you'll see guys that actually want to try to win a title. They see it right there, especially with Golden State being hurt and, you know, kind of the super teams being put on hold till we see what Kawhi going to do. <laughs> so so, so a, question, a question for Ryan and you, Eric. Does does the status of the beat writer grow with how good the team is that you cover? 
makes and it, if, if that's true, <laughs> then you guys are going to be national celebrities. It makes now. the job more fun. <laughs> hey, man, uh, but, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm good on any time. Hey, when we step in here, I feel like Mike Tyson entering the ring in the 80s or something. So. I don't know, man. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe, you know. They, you, you walk like they that, get too. Us, they, get, they get us a little more money to put on our paycheck, maybe. So. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The Jazz are absolutely fortunate to have the, the, the caliber of media member covering them on a daily basis. And you two both kill it. Thank you so much for, for dropping by. And thanks yeah, for doing what you guys yeah. do. You guys oh, do an incredible sure. both, job. Both of you guys, you. really. Oh, thanks true. thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, there you go. That's Ryan Miller from KSL and Eric Woodyard dropping by from the Deseret News. Uh, we appreciate them doing it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate you guys. Honestly, uh, the, the, the beat guys and, and, you know, not you and I, Gordon, but most of the people who cover on a daily basis do an absolute incredible job. Yeah, that goes to my trip guys as well. I, ever, all of them. I mean, this media is... Uh, Pretty darn strong, and I, not only is that known locally, it's known uh, around the country as well. All right, we'll have Steve Kyler, who's going to join us from Basketball Insiders. We'll get a national perspective on what the Jazz did yesterday and how they look going into this season. Uh, we are live from Salt Lake City Summer League. We're out here on the main plaza at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We've got folks filing into the uh, into the arena as we speak. Gordon, going to watch a little, get their uh, NBA fix in the summer. Why wouldn't you? Never ceases to amaze me at uh, the response that they get for summer league around here. People are just they're, they're just thirsty for some basketball, they're man. I love for some it. Basketball and the deal you get it doesn't cost that much nope. to get in here, man. To watch some good action. Was it nine bucks or something for a couple sessions or something? I hope I'm not misstating there, but I mean it's really a a good value. There's no doubt, and. Um, you know, uh, I, no offense to the old Rocky Mountain Review. I know there's some good memories for some folks out there, but I love it that it's at the arena now. The Salt Lake City Summer League is here. It's, it's also an inexpensive way to experience the arena if you haven't had a chance to come to many jazz games. But I, now, I love it that it's here now. You come out here, you sit down on a seat close to the court, you look to your left, and you see some well-known uh, NBA personnel guy. You look to your right, and you might see uh, a jazz player. I mean, it's... It's a very comfortable environment. Hey, uh, a little mild breaking news, I guess. All right. Uh, the Thunder are signing Alec Burks. Had you seen that come down? I did not. Yeah, so Alec, uh, Alec Burks going to the Thunder. There you go. He'd be a pretty nice fit for them, actually. A Rodney Hood re-signed with Portland. With Portland, yeah. yep. And Ennis is headed for Boston. Well, yeah. Ennis signed a two-year, $10 million deal. And it's cancer, ladies and gentlemen. He should never have gotten rid of Max Orgul. That was a huge mistake. His agent that got him a Max deal for Oklahoma City, that guy knew what he was doing. <laughs> I do have great admiration for that, do you? I don't know what buffoon is representing him now, but not <laughs> not earning his money, that's for sure. Oh, well, maybe maybe people have started to discover what Ennis is. And what Ennis isn't. We knew what Ennis was. They could have called us and asked. Well, nobody did back then. See, back then it was a bit of a mystery, and people like to pay money for mysteries. If you believe what uh, Mark Stein uh, put uh, was texting with Ennis, and he tweeted out a screenshot of the text, and apparently Portland gave him a take-it-or-leave-it offer. Yeah. And uh, Ennis said, okay, can I call my brother? And then his brother would call his family because he can't call his family directly because oh. of the political situation there, uh, and, and, but wanted to consult with his loved ones before making the decision. And Portland said, nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Ennis now is uh, is going to Boston. Mm. All right. Well, I get, that's that's pretty cold on Portland's uh, on Portland's front, but I get it. I mean, time is a factor in this situation. Well, I can see Ennis settling into a cheesecake factory somewhere there in Boston and tweeting out that if there are any lonely women around the city who would like to come by and beat him. Uh, that uh, he did that in Salt Lake City, so maybe he'll do that in Boston. Too. He's reunited with his boy Gordon Hayward. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Steve Kyler joins the show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We are broadcasting live from the main plaza outside Vivint Smart Home Arena, getting ready for Salt Lake City Summer League. want to remind you to join us tomorrow from 3 to 6 at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. The warehouse. We're going to talk to Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders coming up here momentarily. Uh, get his thoughts on uh, what happened with the Jazz yesterday. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Mike Conley deal as well and uh, talk a little bit about the national landscape and how that has uh, shifted, Gordon. Yeah, exactly. If you uh, – let me ask you this. If you were uh, Jimmy Butler and you could probably have found your way to a contender and made your money or stayed in Philly on a contender and made your money or make your money and kick it on the beach – what would you have done? I think I would have gone to a contender. I think I might have taken the beach. Well, see, yeah, but don't you hate losing? Uh, not when I have a Mai Tai <laughs> and I'm kicking it on the beach. <laughs> okay. It's pretty tough to hate anything at that point, right? I see you. I know where your priorities are. All right, let's get out of the sprint. Special guest line joining us now. He makes the magic happen at Basketball Insiders. He's our good friend, Steve Kyler. Hi, Steve. How are you? Fellas, I'm well. How are you? We're doing well. Uh, Steve, so uh, my partner Jake here is, understands Jimmy Butler just sitting on the beach sipping Mai Tais and whatnot, and that that was enough to draw him down to the <laughs> Sounds <heat>. pretty good. <laughs> you know, the, the Jimmy Butler thing, the funniest part about that is Jimmy and his love affair or affection for Miami really kind of goes all the way back to the draft process. Um, I was around Jimmy um, and, you know, if you could pick any team, that question we ask them in the draft process, you know, Miami was one of them. He's his, his kind of de facto big brother in all of this is Dwayne Wade. And, you know, being in South Beach was really appealing. Then he goes to Chicago. And then Chicago kind of messed around with his contract. And then he's like, well, then trade me to Miami. Then he got his contract. Then he got moved to Minnesota. When Minnesota went bad, he said, trade me to Miami. So this has been telegraphed almost as long as Jimmy's been in the league. And the fact that Pat Riley was willing to go full max for him, um, I think really sealed the deal in a way that not only did Jimmy get his money, but he got the situation in the organization he was looking for. Steve Kyler with us from Basketball Insiders, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, we haven't talked to you uh, since the, uh, the Mike Conley trade, so I want to get kind of your overall thoughts on not only the Jazz Day yesterday, but what they're assembling with these new pieces. I love the Mike Conley edition. I know the, all the negatives, right? He's owed all this money. No, he's not. It's one year this year, one year next year. Yeah, it's a big number. You were going to spend that money anyway. I'd rather spend it on a guy like Mike Conley. Oh, he's been injured. Yeah, he had a bone spur that he didn't have surgery on one year, so he had two back-to-back years of having issues with that. He had the bone spur taken care of. His feet are fine. 
Um, he's an amazing player. You know, he's what you want out of a modern-day point guard. can shoot the three. He can penetrate. He's unselfish. He can give you 30 if you need it. If you need 10 assists, he's happy to do that. He's never going to pout about it. And as good a player as he is off the court, he's a better player. Or as good as he is on the court, he's better off the court. And when you talk about role model type, jazz, culture, vibe guys, Mike Conley checks every single box in such a way that it is almost uncanny. I love that deal. In fact, I'll say it again, I love that deal. What do you think of the Bogdanovich uh, acquisition or signing along with Ed Davis? What does that do for this team alongside Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Well, I, I love uh, the big Bogdanovich signing. You know, he proved last year he carried the Indiana Pacers for huge stretches. This is a guy that you're going to put probably in a third-player role in Utah, maybe a fourth-player role, and he can give you 20-25 if you let him. So, in a potent score, the length of the deal, you know, when you look at kind of the, the totality of the deal, a little big, you know, you, you, you know, maybe you don't want to go as much money for him uh, as they went, you know, $73 million, that's a lot um, for your fourth guy, but I love the addition. You hate to see Derek Favors go, and, and what I say to people is Derek Favors is a heartbeat guy. You know, he sets a tone in your locker room, he sets a tone in practice, he sets a tone in team meetings. There's everything you like about him, and I talked to some of the Jazz officials, uh, just as free agency was getting ready to start, and they you know, they'd already done the Mike Conley deal, so they knew they were out of kind of the big money portion of free agency. And the only way they were going to get somebody is to give up favors. And they're like, that's not going to be an easy decision. It just isn't. As much as it might make sense, we don't want to do that. Um, but the reality is, is you have to make these moves sometimes. And then you go, okay, well, we've lost Derek Favors. You know, who's the next player available that kind of is like Derek Favors? Oh, Ed Davis. So you get like this perfect kind of poor man's Favors in Ed Davis. So I love everything they've done. You know, in my mind, barring, you know, Kawhi Leonard going to the L.A. Lakers, I think the Jazz have moved themselves in the top two, top three discussion in the West and have put themselves in a position, if healthy, that they've got a lot of weapons and a lot of really good places. Uh, speaking of Kawhi Leonard, Steve, have you been able to kind of get an idea which way the wind is blowing with that guy? Yeah, right? Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Kawhi's kind of his own animal. Um, he, he's wired very differently. He's not like a lot of these guys. The reason why everybody knew where Kyrie Irving was going was because he was recruiting. He was texting guys, asking them to join him in Brooklyn. You know, this is like, these, that's how this stuff gets out. And Kawhi's not talking to anybody. Um, and the worst part is, is most of the teams that are in this, whether it's the Toronto Raptors, the Lakers, or the Clippers, feel like they're in it. They feel like they're there uh, because there isn't a lot of tipping of the hand in which way he's going to go. So, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. You know, I think that it wouldn't shock me if he goes back to Toronto and wants to run it back with them and does you know, one-and-one one or a two-and-one type deal. Um, the one that I've kind of wrapped my head around is like, wow, won't it be great? is if he goes to the Lakers because that makes the Lakers, you know, this titan of a team and maybe that's Banner 17. Uh, Clippers means I want my own team and I just want to live at home. So there's just kind of varying storylines that go with it. But I don't think him picking any one of the three would be overly surprising to me. 
Any moves that any of the other teams have been able to pull off so far that uh, uh, caught your or drew your fancy a little bit? Well, look, I like what Brooklyn did. You know, not only do you get Kyrie Irving, and I think Kyrie's going to carry a lot of baggage from just how bad it went in Boston, but I don't think it's ever as bad as everybody makes it out to be. He had blame. They had blame. I think a reset of the situation is good for him. You know, buying in on Kevin Durant, it's a lot of money, $164 million. He'll miss the entire year. But you get DeAndre Jordan, you get Garrett Temple, you're just getting guys around that really young Brooklyn core. I like what Brooklyn has done. Um, you know, what the Philadelphia 76ers did, they made the big investment in Tobias Harris, but then they go out and get Al Horford, who can be kind of that grown-up in the locker room. He can be that guy that can step in and fill in for Joel Embiid. You know, so there's a lot there that I like. You're going to get Josh Richardson back in the Miami Heat sign-in trade. So there's a lot. You lose J.J. Redick. That kind of stinks. But um, I really like where Philly is in terms of their balance now. They're more right-sided, where they've got really good depth in a lot of different places. What do you think about the job David Griffin has done there in New Orleans uh, with uh, handling this Anthony Davis situation and turning over that roster? You know, it's funny. You you probably couldn't have asked for, like, a better scenario, right? Okay, we're losing Anthony Davis. Maybe we're going to lose the franchise. Then you get the number one overall pick. Then you fleece the Lakers for everything that's in their pockets. Then you make some really good decisions, you know, around, uh, you know, it, the draft in terms of what you're trading. You get rid of Solomon Hill. There's just a lot of things they did very well that they've set up the team really nicely. When you think about it, you've got Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Zion, Derek Favors, you get the young kid, uh, you know, big kid out of Texas. They've got a lot of things that that really look interesting um, in terms of I think they're going to be a very good team. Normally when you lose your number one player, you kind of go into the basement for a couple of years. It's not going to surprise me to see the New Orleans Pelicans in the playoffs next year. So, Steve, complete the following sentence. The New York Knicks are dot, dot, dot. Exactly who we thought they were. Um, yeah. And I mean that in the nicest way. They're not a team that elite-level free agents are looking at. And as much as the media wanted to drive it and the reporting out in New York and you know all of the, the little subtle comments from, from management ownership, the things we've heard were going to do really well in free agency, You know they did exactly what you don't want to do, which is they signed seven guys that will never sell a ticket or a jersey. They might help them win a couple of basketball games, but the future of this team is still about the young guys. It's still about R.J. Barrett. It's still about Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. and Mitchell Robinson. Maybe Julius Randle can become that guy, but, you know, Alfred Payton isn't going to be that guy for them. Wayne Ellington's not going to be that guy for them. Um, so it's, it's they spent a lot of money. Fortunately, they didn't go L.A. Lakers. Let's give them all four-year deals and hope it all works out. Um, you know, they're two-year deals, so they'll be right back in free agency agency in 2021 but I don't think anybody they brought in does anything for them on the basketball court which then means you're probably lining up for another disappointing season next year unless one of those guys really pops as a star then you're talking about two seasons where you're a lottery team at what point does James Dolan change direction on you he's done it to everybody basically every 24 months Steve, excuse me, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us as always. Uh, You do great work. Keep it up, my man. 
Anytime, fellas. Be well. Steve Kyler from Basketball Insiders. Steve is a, a wonderful Twitter follow as well. Uh, you can follow him at Steve Kyler NBA. And one thing I like about Steve, he's great at answering questions. He, he takes a, a lot of questions from his readers and breaks stuff down. He's, he's great, and he's tremendous when he uh, has a chance to come on with us. Well, uh, in, you know, in listening to some of the things he said there, when you say that a team is exactly who you thought they were, and that is not a compliment, you know your team has some problems. Yeah, I, I think bad ownership uh, will show itself pretty quickly. However, I think the Clippers now have terrific ownership, and the Clippers have also struck out. So, Well, unless. Unless, unless Kawhi unless Leonard. Unless homeboy yeah. comes home. Right, but you had heard, you know, Kevin Durant tied with the Clippers uh, in some rumors, and it seems like right now all they've done really is re-up Pat Beverly. Doesn't Steve Ballmer seem like the kind of guy that, who uh, an owner you would want to play for? Well, you know that, that he's going to spend the money. Yeah. I mean, to, it's quite to, healthy in that regard. To put people around you, yeah. I mean, how many people out there uh, throw out an obnoxiously large bid just because you don't want the, com- uh, the competition to buy the franchise? <laughs> he was something like $700 million more than the second best offer when he bought the Clippers. Well, what is $700 million to you when you've got $100 billion in the bank? But I- Exactly. So you know he's going to spend the cash. To, to put a team around you. Check me if I'm wrong on this, but a billion dollars, is that not a thousand million? Uh, a billion dollars is, is a thousand, thousand yeah, million. Right, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And you've got multiple of those? What's it like, Gordon? I couldn't tell you. But man, that is. He seems very enthusiastic about his team. And uh, I, I'm a little surprised that the uh, that the Clippers have struck out so far. How close are you to the bill? Seventy percent there? Eighty? No, no. Ninety? No. Ninety-five? No. Knocking on the door? No, I could only uh, I could only dream. All right, we'll have more coming up next. We'll get to the Not Sports Board. Jonathan Reinhardt, president of the Salt Lake City Stars, and also mover and shaker behind the Salt Lake City Summer League, will be joining us. Uh, yeah, coming up top five o'clock hour. Not Sports next, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. It's expensive being rich. This. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. The Jazz were one bullet away from this thing getting serious. The combination of Bogdanovich and Conley, the two positions that they needed something exceptional from, and they are now getting, they have now received it, and now it's serious. And I love the Ed Davis pickup. Ed Davis is fine enough, <laughs> if to put it lightly. To come off the to, bench? To come off the bench yeah. and back up Rudy. And you mentioned the starting lineup, Tony. I think the starting lineup needs a nickname. Sorry. And it combines all the... <laughs> Assumed starting lineup players. Go Bogdanovichinsley. Kind of like ro- rolls off the yeah. tongue. The rug. Yeah. Go Bogdanovichinsley. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live out here in front of Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's the Salt Lake City Summer League. 
getting kicked off today, going through Wednesday. Annunciation is very important sometimes. Yeah, we had an incident earlier in the show where we broke up a little bit, and it did not sound good. Salt Lake City Summer League. Indeed. Come by and see us. All right, it's time to get a a winner for the Chevy Strong play of the game. Caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. And correctly identify the Chevy Strong play of the game announced by DJ and Tim Lacombe this morning at 850. And you'll win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong play of the game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Only on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Right now, it's time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Well, first we're going to a mountaintop somewhere, and I don't know where it was, but I just saw the video online. And then we're going over, uh, we're going to uh, an unfortunate incident on an airliner. Okay. The first one was... None of this sounds real positive. Well, sometimes people come up with these ideas that sound really good at the time, but then they don't work out that way. Apparently, like a thousand mountain bikers decided it would be a good idea to have a race down a glacier. Wow. That doesn't sound like a good idea at all. No. And so it starts out fine, and then there's a crash. And then half the mountain crashes. I mean, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of... Mountain bikers, when you're flying down a glacier, there's not a whole... I mean, putting the brakes on might not be an option. Yeah, but can we chalk this one up to you really should have seen that coming? Uh, Probably, yeah, which is my point. Check it out online if you want to see it. I mean, it really looks like it's out of a comic book or something. Seems like something that would be foreseeable. Yes. You know, let's let's send a thousand people down a glacier on a, on bikes. Indeed. Here's something that isn't foreseeable. A woman who was getting on an easy jet flight, I guess that's an airline over in Europe. She was getting on a jet, and uh, but she was stopped by a flight attendant. And the flight attendant would not let her on the airplane because her outfit was too low cut. What? Yep. Too low cut. Uh, is, a, there, is there a picture? Uh, here she is. And, of course, I just want to... Nothing nothing egregious there, is it? I mean, it, it is low cut, but all the Not, important parts are, yes. are covered up. Yeah. She's a mother of two, apparently a makeup artist. And she said she was getting on the plane. And this, was, this is her description. The crew were horrible and made me feel cheap. This air hostess confronted me in front of the whole plane and said I w- wasn't allowed on it in my top. She said to me, oh, no, move to the side. And she said, she said, you're not coming on my plane like that. You need to put something else on. I was escorted away from the aircraft. I was in shock. I was, it was so sexist. And she had to sleep on the floor in the airport and get a flight the next day. Now, who makes that decision? I mean, you and I looked at the photograph. There's nothing uh, obscene there. But since when did an air hostess have the uh, authority to say, you can't get on this plane because I don't like your outfit? Yeah, I saw the picture and so did those uh, four juveniles standing over oh, there who were standing right behind you. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, bad about that. I, I don't know. Some people are just a little bit too uptight. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Treat the customer the way the customer should be treated. I mean, we right? got, we've got standards out there to make sure all the, you know, major parts are covered, and I think she accomplished that. Indeed. Indeed. And then 
one of her friends gave her a, like a shawl to put on, and they still wouldn't let her back on the plane. Hmm. Well, that seems ridiculous. By the way, then, at that point, you're covered, right? Did you hear PK's story about what happened to him when he was trying to get on a flight? Recently? I heard about it. I did not hear the details of it. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was treated similarly to this woman. And I'm sure PK uh, treated the situation with the utmost patience and level-headedness. Well, you know the man. So how, how else no. would you have expected him to react? So, <laughs> so he was upset. Let, let make a long story short. PK was mistreated by an airline employee, and he ended up getting fairly remunerated for his trouble. You get a free ticket or something? He, I think he might have gotten a couple. Wow. Because some, some employee didn't know how to treat the customer. Did he set the employee off on purpose, knowing he might get some free uh, vouchers out no. of it? No. <laughs> because well, we do know that well, PK's really good at getting under people's skin. Although I think the employee may have accused him of such. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right, we're live here from the main plaza out front of uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena as people continue to file in for the Salt Lake City Summer League going down tonight. Uh, by the way, you'll be able to hear the jazz game right here on the Zone Radio Network, so make sure and stay tuned for that. We're expected to be joined by Jonathan Reinhardt, president of the Stars, coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.